0: welcome back to the Sisters in Sustainability podcast. I am your host, Victoria Lynn. For anyone that may be joining us for the first time, this Sisters in Sustainability podcast is designed to help highlight young women and their impact on the growing sustainability movement. In 2015, the United Nations released 17 Sustainable Development Goals centered around improving the quality of life for the global population. From climate action to social justice reform, Sustainability is a global issue that impacts us all together we can tackle these goals to help make the world a greener cleaner and more sustainable place. I am joined by the one and only Shannon caddy a research and development associate scientist Miss America delegate, and a women's health advocate she also just so happens to be one of my closest friends. Shannon, I am absolutely thrilled that you are here with us today so why don't you take a second and tell everybody a little bit more about yourself.
1: Hi everyone, my name is Shannon Caddy, and currently I am Miss Greater Juniata Valley in the Miss Pennsylvania organization. Um, I'm very excited. I just got this weekend. I'll be competing at Miss Pennsylvania this June. Um, I'm excited to be back in the organization because it is a wonderful organization to get our voices heard um, for me personally, my social impact initiative is called Project PCOS. Um, and it's all about polycystic ovarian syndrome advocacy, getting awareness and funding for research um, for all of the women that are affected with this illness.
0: So, for those who might not know, what is PCOS? Yes, yeah, so uh, PCOS or
1: polycystic ovary syndrome is a illness that affects one in ten women worldwide, although. As we're getting more research and it's becoming um, more well-known of an illness, if we could, that number actually could go up to maybe 20% of women instead of that 10%. So it is a very common illness in women. Um, it affects your hormones. You'll see a lot of different sy- symptoms of it. So it is a chronic illness that you'll see um, physical cysts on your ovaries. There are hormone imbalances, vitamin imbalances, um, and issues that you have there. Um, You'll see unrecognizable facial growth. So um, facial growth or different kind growth elsewhere, you'll see a lot of different symptoms and it affects your entire body. Usually this is something that a lot of doctors see as just an issue if you are trying to conceive, Um, but it does affect your entire body and can cause to a lot of other illnesses. So this is an important illness to take care of early on, even if you're not just trying to conceive a child.
0: As somebody who suffers from a chronic illness, how does having PCOS impact you in your daily life?
1: PCOS, like any chronic illness, affects your entire day, no matter what you're doing. Uh, For someone like me who was diagnosed early on at the age of 14, it became a part of my life incredibly early on. And so for me, it's kind of second nature, but I have discussed with other people who have had chronic illnesses that they were just diagnosed with later on and how it is such a whirlwind of changing their life. It's something you have to think about 24 seven. For me, I can't really be as spontaneous as a lot of people usually can be for, um, even recently, I love to be that friend that can just hang out and have a good time. But then randomly my friends are like, let's hang out. Do you want us to spend the night? If I don't have my prescriptions with me, I know I'm going to feel really, really sick within the next 48 hours if I don't have those with me. And so a lot of times I can't be as spontaneous. I have to think through what prescriptions I need to bring with me, what vitamins I need to have. Um, Even just waking up in the morning, the first thought in the morning is turn over and, you know, get my prescriptions and take my morning medications that have to be taken on an empty stomach. Uh, And for me, that's normal. But for a lot of people, that is something that we never think about Um, in the mornings. I just are able to just get up. (laughs) Um, so it does affect your entire life. It affects your mental health and, um, something that's very different than just someone who doesn't have chronic illness.
0: Let's say a woman, uh, thinks that they may be experiencing some of the symptoms of PCOS. First of all, could you tell us what those symptoms are and what the best way is for them to seek a diagnosis?
1: For me personally, I began at the age of 14, having really bad migraines. Um, that was something that led us to a lot of different blood work. And that showed us lots of vitamin discrepancies, um, and deficiencies that I had. Those deficiencies led me to a wonderful endocrinologist. Um, and that was then the beginning of me learning all the symptoms that I was having that I didn't even realize. Uh, so a lot of things like weight gain, um, you'll grow facial hair, um, hair on your stomach. The weight gain is also a very specific weight gain, so you'll see it really at the lower abdomen and behind um, your arms, kind of like in the tricep area, a lot more than an average weight gain that was kind of the overall weight gain. Um, so that was like the main things. You'll be incredibly fatigued, um, kind of like a lot of like PMS type of symptoms as well. So fatigue, nausea, exhaustion, things like that. Uh, so there's lots of different. Symptoms and it will range from person to person, but talking to your doctor, you're able to kind of figure out your specific symptoms and how to treat them.
0: So, for you, what is Project PCOS? What are your goals? What impact are you looking to have with this?
1: My main goal has always started off with having people know that they're not alone um, so that women know that they, if they're experiencing this, if this is something that they deal with on a daily basis, letting them know they're not alone. For me, when I was 14 and diagnosed, I had no one to turn to. I felt incredibly alone. I felt like I couldn't talk to anybody about my chronic illness. And so having a place to put that out there and say, this is what I'm going through. And if you're going through it, it's okay. You're not alone. And that's really how it started. And then as it has grown, it has become something even more important to me as a larger world concept of taking this to being able to raise money for research getting awareness out there getting health legislation that actually has the words polycystic ovary syndrome in them so that way grants and things can be given to more scientists and be able to do research Uh, as of right now a lot of research grants are only given for pcos that are involved fertility but since this is a whole body issue, being able to put those words into legislation opens up so many more doors to that way we can deal with this illness, not just in the context of fertility.
0: The scissors and sustainability podcast is designed to look at the work that women are doing within their communities to achieve the 17 sustainable development goals of these goals. Number three, good health and well-being. And number five, gender equality, are gonna be our main focus for today. So, goal number three, good health and well being, focuses on both the physical and mental health for people all over the world. Physical wellness has, of course, become an increasingly important issue as we're kind of beginning to move out of the COVID 19 era. However, this goal is truly aimed at improving the quality of healthcare that people receive from reducing the global maternity morality rate uh, to increasing global access to proper healthcare services. Goal number four, gender equality, is of course centered around bridging the gap between men and women and empowering the next generation of female leaders. Shannon, do you think that men have an easier or a harder time seeking medical help in the United States?
1: They absolutely have an easier time seeking help. If you just go into any doctor's office, most of the people you're going to see a lot of the times are men. Uh, In general, the STEM field is dominated by men, and so that has trickled down to how women are treated within the medical field. When I was being diagnosed, I felt like I had to scream at the top of my lungs in order to be heard. And it was a mixture of you're 14, you can't be sick, and a mixture of you're a female, you'll be fine, you're just having lady problems, get over it. And (laughs) that is something that um, has really stuck with me in that I was very fortunate to find some doctors that understood me, were willing to listen, and just so happened to be that those doctors were female doctors. And there may have been a correlation there as to understanding that it's time to listen and work very hard. And I've had conversations with other friends, my my male friends um, in college that also had chronic illnesses, different chronic illnesses, of course, but um, their diagnosis process seemed so much easier. And it was, I said this and someone believed me. And that is something that I wish we could change. And that's something I'm trying to change and understanding that health is health it doesn't have to be put towards a gender we need to be able to be able to say this is a health problem and that makes it important for everybody to deal with um so i would love to see that change and hopefully we'll see that change in my lifetime because i'm trying to do that work
0: <laughs> according to the united nations only 50% of women globally are making independent and informed decisions regarding their sexual and reproductive health. What do you think that we can do to kind of help bridge that gap?
1: Education is so important. And even from an early age, I would love to see sex education be kind of revitalized in a very, very modern way. We so often just see the concept of just don't have sex. And that is our sex education. That is not safe. That is something that we desperately need to change. And while sex education can be based towards our sex education and STDs and all the other health that goes around that, there is also an entire other side of sex education about health, about our reproductive rights and reproductive health in general. So had I known what was happening to me on a daily basis, was not normal, I could have found help so much earlier. And I've had countless conversations with women saying, oh, my period doesn't come that often. That's just normal. And I look them in the eye and say, no, that's not normal. You may have PCOS or you may have endometriosis because you're having this pain. And they so often were told, you know, this is taboo to talk about so they never thought to go to a doctor and find that they have a chronic illness that they could have been treating so much earlier and had such a better quality of life
0: when words like hysterical or dramatic or in your own words lady problems are so often to used to describe women in pain how can women serve as an advocate for themselves when it comes to seeing a doctor
1: you just really have to stand up for yourself and it's really difficult, but kind of just sinking your feet in and saying, no, I need to be treated because these are real problems. It's so sad to see, and it's throughout our entire history. Um, I'm a big science dork, and I love actually the history of science and the history of health. And what you see time and time again is women being put through horrible, horrible medical procedures because they are quote unquote hysteric because of this, that, and the other thing. And um, it's interesting to see how women's rights have also equated to when we started being able to have control of birth control on our own and getting the rights to say, you are overdosing us on birth control and this is unacceptable, or even just being able to get that prescription without your husband signing off. Um, There is so much more to work on in that field but there has been so much progress already. So I'm hoping as more medical procedures are coming out, as more that we learn about women's health, that also then turns into women being able to advocate even more and getting that stronger voice that they've been getting over the last, I would say 75 years, but there's so much
0: more to go. What would you say to a doctor that doesn't believe in your diagnosis?
1: I've actually had to have this conversation so many times, uh, and it's something that I've actually talked about with a lot of women with PCOS. We joke that you have to get re-diagnosed every few years. Um, if you go to a different doctor, you say this is my diagnosis, and they'll instantly say, "Oh, well, you don't look sick, so like maybe you were misdiagnosed." Um, and that's something I wish was a misconception that in general, for all chronic illnesses, we stop seeing. You don't have to look sick to have a chronic illness. Um, With PCOS, um, a lot of the symptoms that are stereotypical um, in medical textbooks, which are outdated, by the way, I should add that, (laughs) outdated medical textbooks, say weight gain, facial hair, um, infertility. However, if you talk to just about any woman with PCOS, we do everything in our power to keep our weight at a healthy level. We do everything in our power to pluck all of those hairs that make us feel self-conscious. So of course, we don't quote unquote, look ill. Um, So I would love if we would stop using the phrase, you don't look sick. Um, And doctors especially should understand that. And it should be in our curriculum to say, just because someone doesn't look sick, doesn't mean they're not.
0: I think that's a really powerful thing to say. I, I know that you mentioned earlier that you are a science nerd and I've had the privilege of being your friend for a mm-hmm. while now and, and you are, you are a big a big old science okay. nerd, but it is incredible to watch you because you are this truly intelligent, embodied woman of, of everything that it means to be a female leader, but especially a female leader when it comes to science and, and medical, uh, anything um but specifically when it comes to advocating for women's health and so it really is a privilege to watch you be a a force of nature when it comes to making change for women's health i i am a very lucky person i have been relatively healthy my entire life i think the worst illness i've ever had is a sinus infection that i couldn't kick um so seeing women who struggle with with what you struggle with and Just in spite of that, not despite of it, but in spite of it, going out and and taking action to change the world is really inspiring. One thing I do want to ask you, and I've heard you say this a couple of times, and I know that you've talked about it, but I I would think our listeners might be interested in hearing about this from your personal experience. What is a spoons day? What is a no spoons day?
1: So, a no spoons day is when you are just completely out of energy, that your chronic illness has just hit you against the wall and you just cannot get up. Uh, so I also like to equate them nowadays to kind of a more, um, globally known phenomena of a no bones day from our good old friend, Noodle. Um, so rest in peace. Noodle. I know rest in peace, Noodle. Um, but I, I've kind of found that when I say no spoons, some people understand that analogy. Some people have heard it. Um, it's, saying that, you know, someone was sitting at a diner and there was a bunch of spoons and they were saying, you know, I'm given this many spoons every day to get through all of my chores and work and fun. And with chronic illness, uh, sometimes something that will take one spoon one day was going to cost me for the next, or I start with one spoon today and I have to really make sure I know exactly how I'm going to spend that energy because I'm not going to get any energy back. And so the no spoons day analogy is waking up and your chronic illness just took you the day before you were feeling great. And the next you just feel awful. Um, So I know a lot of people have started hearing the no spoons analogy, but a lot more globally because of TikTok, we hear the no bones day um, and a lot more people understand and hear that as well. So I kind of go back and forth between the two of saying, it's a day where you just wake up and your chronic illness decides to, it wants to win that day, which is something that for me, my family made me very competitive growing up. So when I think of it that way, I get so angry at my chronic illness and I do anything I can um, to take care of myself. And no spoons day in my mind is your chronic illness winning for a day, but that does not mean it will win the entire war.
0: So I know that you mentioned that it, you kind of view it as a competition between you and your chronic illness. And I think we touched on it a little bit earlier, but how have you as somebody who deals with a chronic illness kind of balanced the physical and mental health aspect of, of dealing with being sick every single day? It's
1: not easy. I will definitely say that right off the bat. It is something that I have had to learn time and time again Starting at the age of 14, when diagnosed, I definitely feel like I struggled in that battle constantly. Um, It always felt like it was something in my mind, something that ostracized me and just really upset me a lot of the time. And as time went on, I got to accept that this is a part of who I am, that I come along with this chronic illness and that's okay that days are going to be hard and days are going to be easy, but every single one of us has days that are easy and hard. And we kind of just have to ride that roller coaster. So for me, it's really just making sure that I do everything that I can to the best of my ability. And that doesn't mean that the chronic illness is going to respond the way that I hope. Um, But at the very least, I know I've done everything I can to take care of myself. And I have tried to spin it in a more positive light as time has gone on you know i do a lot of journaling and kind of documentation of my health journey just to see the ups and downs and remind myself where i've come from um, but just remembering that being sick is something that happens here and there and that doesn't mean that like it takes away my entire life i can still have fun I can still have a great day and overall it helps me focus on being overall well focus on my wellness and see it that way compared to this is something i have to deal with daily and i hate it
0: i think what's really interesting about being able to have this conversation with you is i have talked to you about pcos countless times um and i've heard your passion for for this advocacy but i think what a lot of people could take away from this conversation is I know Shannon personally. And so even though she's talking about this illness that she does unfortunately suffer with, you're exactly right. You are a fun person. So I have seen firsthand how even though you struggle and you do suffer and you are sometimes in pain, you have never let that get the best of you. And I think that you really do serve as a wonderful inspiration for people of what it means to to thrive in spite. And I love it. But switching gears a little bit, how do you plan to represent project pcos on the miss pennsylvania stage you are the newly crowned miss greater juniata valley which congratulations again i cannot say it enough (laughs) what is your what's your goal what's your next step with taking this social impact initiative or service initiative that you are so clearly and incredibly passionate about and engrossed in and presenting it on the miss pennsylvania stage
1: absolutely well i I have Project PCOS, and it really began as a online platform. I was really just documenting a journey of as I was going to train for a marathon. Um, I told myself that I had chronic illness, and maybe I would never be able to achieve something that seemed so impossible. And one day, I just ripped the mandate off and said, I'm going to do this and documented it. And met so many women along the way that said, I have PCOS and no one ever talks about it. And this is so great hearing about this. And so that was the conception of Project PCOS. Um, So it started as just getting awareness and getting my voice out there. And now it's turning into... Wanting to grow this into a business that's able to create funds for research, they're able to one day hopefully give grants to scientists like me who really just want to help the world, and help the pharmaceutical industry thrive in a way that it doesn't sometimes able to do with the grants that they're given. Um, we see a lot of illnesses that kind of get swept to the side because they are quote unquote non-profitable. So. Um, I would love to see the ability of this to grow. I'm hoping to turn it into a full-fledged organization as time has gone on. And so that's how you'll see me on the stage at Miss Pennsylvania, representing Project PCOS, my very own organization. That just means the world to me. So hopefully we'll get more people involved.
0: Shan, thank you so much for your passion. Now, I want to end our little conversation with a question i've been asking at the end of every single one of our interviews what is one thing that you would tell a young person one piece of advice that you would like to give to somebody who wants to help change the world
1: my piece of advice would be just to start um every single large journey starts with a single step and I was someone that didn't start for the longest time I was convinced that everything had to be perfect all of my ducks had to be all lined up before I could begin but I promise you as long as you start those ducks will line up Um, and the more you wait the less of a change that you're going to be able to make because you're giving yourself less time to make a difference really just begin and you're already halfway there
0: Shannon, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been a wonderful, educational, and, and truly inspiring conversation. And I just adore you, and I'm so glad that I was able to have you join us today. Ladies and gentlemen, you can learn more about Shannon's mission to help advocate for PCOS awareness, funding, and research by following her on Instagram at Greater Gianna Valley and at Project PCOS. I also want to say a huge thank you to all of our listeners. This show has been a massive undertaking and it would not be possible without all of you and the amazing support that we've received throughout this process. So make sure that you never miss an episode and hit that subscribe button. Learn more about how you can help achieve the United Nations 17 sustainable development goals by following us on Instagram at sustainability starts with you. Join the hashtag #SisPodNation today and remember that sustainability really does start with you.